When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wade Egan on the last tackle. Here's Johnson through the line. Here goes Watili Zalesniak. He's got it. The Warriors strike first in Brisbane. DWZ. Reese Walsh on this right hand edge. Reese Walsh gets away. Martin to Ford. That's got to be Ford. That's a mile forward. Gerard Sutton, what are you doing? Jordan Ricky goes in. That is the most forward pass I have ever seen. That is unbelievable. Game over. Ireland hold on. Ireland beats South Africa in a tight, titanic clash of rugby titans at Stade de France. Go ahead, be gone with it. Come to the back. Go ahead, be gone with it. VIP. Go ahead, be gone with it. Drinks on me. Go ahead, be gone with it. Working with. Go ahead, be gone with it. Look at those hips. Go ahead, be gone with it. You make me smile. Go ahead, be gone with it. Go ahead, child. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Go ahead, be gone with it. Get your sexy up. Yeah, we're bringing sexy back. We're bringing Kimpy back. He is back. <laughs> Where did you get home, Kimpy? Look, honestly, I welcome into the show SENZ, Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast just after six o'clock after a big weekend. And I don't think anyone had a bigger weekend than Mr. Tony Kemp. Well, fly by fly by nighter, man. Like it all started on Friday. I'm home home uh, yeah, early this morning. Got off the uh, got off the flight back from Brisbane. Um, still on a bit of a high, actually. Uh, is he to oh, be I honest? Tell, mate. From from the Brisbane um, trip because uh, to put it in context, Brisbane was absolutely smoking. Mm. The AFL um, semi final was on there. The Brisbane Lions were playing, and of course the Brisbane Broncos were playing as well. So the city was was on fire. Two and GFs for Brizzy. Two grand finals, mm. unbelievable. And of course, I've been back to Brisbane for ten odd years. And the amount of work that they've put into that city, uh, it's crazy. You know, down the waterfront, South Bank, uh, loads of people down. And uh, yesterday I had a, hadn't seen my cousin for like 10 years. Got got to catch up with him too. So it was got a little bit of um, opportunity to catch up with some whanau. And the only thing that uh, was disappointing with it was that the Warriors didn't get a win and we're not going back to, the, back to Sydney this week to call the game for our SENZ listeners. But um, yeah, man, it was a hell of a ride this year. I've got to say that. Hell of a ride, Kempi. We're going to be talking about that for the next hour and a half, and then we've got Wales taking on Australia. At the moment, we've got Scotland taking on Tonga, and Scotland have just scored bugger. 29-17, 53 minutes gone. But yes, Kempi, you got home, what, 1.30 in the morning, my alarm went at 4.30, you know, you might have got an hour and a half sleep, and I'm thinking, wow, I wonder if Mr Tony Kemp is going to wake up. <laughs> I'll send you a message at quarter to five. I've been with you for the last couple of weeks. Your alarm traditionally goes off at 5 a.m. Everyone in this office can hear. I reckon people outside could hear your alarm at 5 a.m. And then I'm thinking, mm, if he sleeps in, that's okay. 
you thoroughly deserve this weekend, this morning <laughs> off. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to run talk back by myself, a show by myself. I would have brought Kez in because he's, he's a bit livid over the result in the netball. But we'll get to that shortly. But Kempi, you're a hard worker, mate. Tell us about that. Like, uh, you got home one thirty. How are you feeling? Are, are, you, are you satisfied with that result? I know everyone's still upbeat about the Wars, and they should be because this is a hell of a turnaround for a club that's been struggling. Yeah, and I think that's the context that you put it in. Is he, you know, like me and Sammy Hewitt um, had a great weekend over in Brisbane calling it 52,000 people mm. uh, at Suncorp Stadium up the Caxton uh, Street, you know, past the Caxton Tavern up to the, the Prince Alfred where all the Warrior supporters, and if you've not seen that, go on to our socials and SNZ for breakfast and have a look at exactly how many Warriors fans went over there. And I think that's a real story of this year is is the growth of the club across the board from from where they ended up on the on the ladder to uh, where they ended up off the field. And if you if you saw the news last uh, was it yesterday when they arrived home packing out the airport, it really tells a story of the mm. Warriors this year. Um, and for me, like the it would have been a fairy tale, you know. But you, everyone's got the grand final that they sort of in their head knew was going to happen, which is Brisbane and Penrith, in our hearts on Saturday night. Mm. And I was one of those heart guys on Saturday night. You know, in my head, my head was going, mate, we'd do well to stick with them. Yeah. And, but in my heart, I was going, this would be such a fairy tale if the Warriors could get through to the grand final. Um, and I think I think when you put it in a context, if you said at the beginning of the year to me and Sammy calling the game, where would you like them to finish? Well, the eight would have been quite, a, quite an mm. effort coming back from COVID. Yeah. But to finish top four one game away from the grand final, um, and yet they didn't they didn't uh, get that game against Brisbane, but I, I think you can forgive them for not winning that game given the context of what they've put up with the, the last couple of years and how close they actually come to getting to a grand final. And I said to a guy, so I'm standing, I'm walking onto the aeroplane last night and this... This guy's walking with me. He's talking, hey, Kempe, how are you going? Like this. And I'm going, yeah, bro, you know, I'm good. You know, real you know, gutted about the result. And we're talking away. I sort of look at him. He goes, hey, bro, what's your name? He goes, bro, I'm the Joker. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he didn't have the makeup yeah. on. He didn't have the makeup <laughs> I'm going, oh, yeah, how you going, bro? We're talking away. <laughs> um, but he, like, even talking to people like that, that travel over mm. to watch the game, you just, you know, you get a sense that, Everyone can't wait till next year, um, but you've you've got to you've got to be happy with the season this year. You know, like they have played absolutely outstanding across the board. Andrew Webb's has done a really good job, and mm. uh, all but Brisbane Broncos and Penrith Panthers being a step above everyone because you saw that this weekend in the semi, they've just gone in the in the major semi-finals. Um, mate, it's been one hell of a ride this year for for not not only New Zealand, but I think. You know, for rugby league public in New Zealand as well, mate. It's absolutely you did right. There's pride back in that jersey, and they should be extremely proud. I remember the start of the year, you come out, you said they make the top eight. Mm. They've gone even better, and they're one win away from the grand final. But you put it in perspective, there, Kempe, it really shows the difference from Friday night's performance. Penrith Panthers dominating the storm, making them look like an average outfit. Cleary just on a level. You go through that squad and you're thinking, how the hell are they under the salary cap? But anyway, that's it. That's another question for later. <laughs> but one v two, one v two, the the match up, the grand final that everyone wanted, and it's going to be make for a juicy NRL grand final next weekend. But let's talk about this performance when you think about it. Forty two twelve, the 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 end score. 
and probably a fair reflection when you think of that performance. When you go through the game and you look at it, and I, and I was listening to Andrew Johns's comments leading up to that performance, saying we need to slow that game down. We needed to kick it out, mm. you know, uh, try and halt some momentum. Well, we didn't do any of that. They were just playing so quick. The ruck ball, the offload, Walters, Reynolds just looked like they had it on a string, but it was led by Carrigan, Haas, Fledger. Like, everyone was just getting front football, and they just never in the fight, Kempi. So, you know, when you're analysing that game and people say, well, how are we going to compete? You've got to, right at the beginning of the game, you've got to match the front. You know, mm. so when you've got Haas and Carrigan, you've got Billy Walters coming out behind, quick play the balls, and, you know, Jordan Riki, you know, I, I got a really appre- a big appreciation for Jordan Riki mm. out there on that right edge um, and just how dominant he can be on a football field. You've you got to, you know, what Andrew Johns is saying is you've you, you got to, you know, it's, it's easier done than, um, it's easier said than done. And it wasn't that they were, you know, just telling up the ruck, but defensively, mm. the offloads and the compounding offloads that just kept coming one after the other kept throwing the defensive line out of whack. And and while you and the easiest way to look at it is while they were going up and trying to make the tackle, their stick wasn't happening. They were getting the offload, but they were treading backwards yeah. for the next tackle, and that was then a reactionary defensive line when they got the offload and they came forward. And when you see that that one pass from Ezra Mann to Reese Walsh, when he goes, he starts heading out wide and then he runs on a, on a really nice line and just cuts through the line. Well, it's because the defensive line's panicking. And I think, you know, for that period through that first half, uh, I think it was 16 minutes through to about or 27 minutes, 10, 30, 10 to 12 minutes, I think it was, mate, we were ragged. They were running ra- us around, you know, and um, we did what we did really well in that first half to hold on mm. and 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 get back in. And I said, and I said to Sammy, like at halftime, I don't know if you guys ever saw it over here, but Kevin Walters when he got them into the shed, so you'd think that they go and Kevin Walters going, boys, you're going all right, mate. He was tearing strips off them, mm. absolutely tearing strips off them. And and in the post match conference, his comment was, we actually didn't play well. <laughs> so when you're saying Penrith versus Brisbane. Um, if if Brisbane can play well, I think they I think they have a chance against Penrith mm. from what we saw. But I get what what Kevin Walters is saying. Like you can't just can't make that many errors, you know, like Brisbane made against a side like Penrith because they'll just strangle you. You said you put on the way here. You said they probably should have put sixty on us. There's yeah. a couple left out there. And yeah, a, and yeah. They were they, they were a pass away. You know, Jordan mm. Riki goes down. He passes that. Payne Haas goes down. He passes it back on the inside. Um, they had plenty of shots on. You know, you uh, you got a forward pass out on the left edge. They they you know Cobo that little chip over. He catches the bounce, the bounce of the ball. He goes in. Just the amount of opportunities that they created were really scary. And uh, we did we did well to hold on where we were. Um, but I'm not taking anything away from this Warriors side. You know, like they they did so well to get to that position this year and. Um, you know, fairy tales that do come true, but up against the Penrith side and Brisbane side, for me, I walked away from Brisbane on Saturday night going, actually, they are a step above both watching Penrith um, demolish Melbourne on the Friday night and then, of course, live watching Brisbane and mm. the Warriors. So uh, there's a lot of work to do for the competition going into next year because you've got to remember that these t- t- both the Penrith team and the uh, Broncos team will be pretty much the same next year. Uh, for, so for everyone else to catch them next year, they, they need to work really hard. Send your messages through double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. They're flooding through at the moment. And Mark from Tauranga, Morena lads in Aroha. Great weekend, shame about the Warriors. But I reckon 
They'll be back next year for sure. I was wondering who won the tipping comp you boys started with the listeners at the start of the year. Well, Mark, it was me. So Kempi <laughs> owes me lunch. So uh, I look forward to dining out somewhere around Okalangi and uh, having a wee bite to eat on Kempi's credit card. There you go. Okalangi. Tamaki Makaira, I should be. It was a bit silly of me. Sorry about that. Alvin, Morena lads. It's been a great year from the second last to the second to last game of the season. Webster's hiring was a masterstroke. That is from Alvin. And you heard Sean Johnson talking post-match. Everyone's talking about the players. He just wanted to bring everyone back, their attention back to Andrew Webster and yep. how much care he, he cares for this team and what he's done to this group and the country, Kempe. Yeah, and it was like a, a long um, discussion on, on Saturday night about, you know, how well the Warriors have gone, but what was the real sort of key factor in that um, in that journey this year? And, and, it, and a hell of a lot of it has to go back to Andrew Webster and the way that he's brought the team together, and, and and in a real short space of time too. So, you know, you've got to remember that a lot of the signings were done before we got them. Mitch Barnett's been on the mm. show this year and said, well, you know, I signed under Brownie and the next minute Webster's here. I don't know what's going on. I signed as an edge player. I'm back in the middle of the middle of the ruck. Um, and a lot of the players are just talking about how happy they were, you know. And I think when you're, you're, you're talking in the context about New Zealand and my experience with the Warriors um, personally is that whaka whanaungatanga, that, that connection where you're mm. bringing them together and feeling like a family, especially with our, our Pacific um, boys especially, is really important and, f- and, and feeling comfortable in that environment. And you can tell. Like going to media conferences, seeing the boys and the way that they they sort of uh, converse and behave with 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 the public and with, within the team, uh, he's done a wonderful job in bringing them together. So a nice touch by by SJ to to, to recognise um, Andrew Webster. He's obviously up for nomination in the the uh, the Dallium's on Wednesday night. As our, I think we've got five players, yeah, five, of them, yeah. five players up as well. So it'd be interesting to see how many of our boys actually pull through. Um, and pick up those awards. And, you know, it's a tough one with Coach of the Year. I was having a debate with Sammy last night on the aeroplane because, for me, Ivan Cleary's the Coach of the Year. Mm. You know, it's a, he's on a, on a three-peat. So he's on a triple. Uh, hasn't been done since 1981 with, with Parramatta. Um, and he has had the most dominant side in the competition to get him up every year. And, and Saturday night's game, just that's the hardest game mm. to win, mm. you know. And it just shows you... The caliber of um, effort you have to put in year in year out to get there and then win it, uh, and we've got three different scenarios, haven't we? Like you've got a uh, four different scenarios. You got Melbourne with their Craig Bellamy scenario. You got Ivan with his three Pete. You got Brisbane who were just diabolical last mm. year, and Kevy Walters, and then you got the Warriors coming out of COVID. So I think this year will go down as one of the the best best years with the Dolphins coming in and the Warriors run. Um, but for me. Like as a purist, the best grand final is actually Brisbane and Penrith playing this weekend. Yeah, I'm happy to, to agree with that, Kempi. I think uh, it's the final that everyone wanted, and it's going to be an absolute doozy uh, later on. But that uh, game wasn't without its controversy, Kempi. <laughs> and I've come out on Twitter and spoken about it. I know everyone's got their own conversation, their own opinion on it. But when you're in a game, when you're in a fight and you're 24-12 down, you've missed three conversions, so it should be closer to six points um, on the wrong side. 
And then you're staying in the fight just after half time. Yes, the momentum wasn't going your way, but there's a decision that was made on half t- halfway that went miles forward. You've even said it. Gerard Sadden Sutton's going to have a mad Monday himself. But like how what that does me- does mentally, like SJ was fuming, mm. and and it took him off his game. Took a lot of the players off their game because you go back and you're thirty twelve down after that. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a hell of a hard place to come back from at thirty twelve down when you're. When you're hanging on for dear life, um, and then just to get robbed of the opportunity to get yourself within, because because what and back into the game, because what people have to realise is that even if they do call it back and, and call it a forward pass, well, you still have to score next. And I think when you listen to Andrew Webster post match, he says, "Well, we're not we're not worried about that. You mm. know, we're not using that as an excuse because we still have to get back into the game and score next." And the, and the Brisbane Broncos. You know, we're, we're creating all those opportunities and, and scoring again and again and again. So um, it was just a howler. Mm. I mean, it was the the worst <laughs> the worst uh, refereeing decision I have actually witnessed at a at a stadium because fifty two thousand people saw it, mm. except the guy that was right next to it, which is a touch judge. Mm. So he couldn't keep up. So that's why he missed it. So he couldn't see how far forward it was because he was still five metres back when Reese. You know how quick Reese. No surprise, he couldn't keep up. Yeah, so Reese Walsh took off and he, he caught everyone on Reese Lightning. Um, and then the other thing was that Jared Sutton just missed it, and his attitude. That like I'll, I'll take you right back. It to was him. smuggish, Kempe. He looks so at him and goes, just gives him a nah. Yeah, nothing on it. But but. But it was like that all night. So Wade mm. Egan stayed down and should have gone up and reviewed it. If you remember that clash, yeah. and Wade Egan stays down and says, "Mate, you got to go and have a look at that. That was high, and it was, and it should have been a penalty." And he just held his hand up on the last tackle, and they had a. I said, "I was saying the commentary. It's a Mexican standoff. <laughs> the referee and Wade Egan, like it was like thirty seconds. They just looked at each other, and in in the end, Wade had to play it. But it was that sort of attitude." From the uh, referees, I always knew it was a referee. It was just was an absolute howler. Yeah. yeah, but there was that there was that forward pass, Kempe, the way they got through to Jazz Tabunga that was pulled it up. It wasn't and forward. That has been line ball all year. Yeah, all year. Yeah, but, there, but it wasn't forward. I know it wasn't forward. You know, he he sold it that well um, with a with a no pass, no no look pass to Jazz Tavaga did Wade Egan, and it wasn't forward. And it, we're sitting there going, "What are you doing calling that one forward?" Mm. That and that's what's got everyone. So you've called Wade Egan's one forward, and then you've seen Reese Walsh's one that's gone, you know, into into daylight savings. It was that far forward. He got put on the EA Madden t- um, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> cover for a game, mate. That's how far forward it was. But but I'm going to make a call here. It didn't change. It doesn't change the complex of the game. I know. Like the Broncos, by far the better team. But when you're clutching and you're looking and you want to fire up Twitter, you go and put that out there. Trust me, <laughs> it just worked an absolute treat. All right, keep me some support coming through for you, my friend. Uh, you've done a stellar job with Sammy Hewitt. Good morning, boys. Yes, I think we are the next best after the two finalists. I would like to say thank you, Kempi and Sam. And SENZ have promoted the Warriors season very well. So well done, team. And that is from Dave and Karaka. I agree, agree with you wholeheartedly there, Dave. And Mark, Morena, boys. Bad luck, Warriors. But gee, the grand final is going to be up. Offside a thorn and never <laughs> and a never square at Mark a thorn. But looking forward to seeing who the ref is because refs decide games in the NRL. That was from Mark size twelve, please. Yeah, and look, Mark. I think one thing you're going to get uh, from the referee in this game is a heap of repeat sets. You know what I mean? So they're not going to blow a heap of penalties. They're just going to call a heap of repeat um, sets again. So I can't wait for. It. I think this weekend's going to be absolutely outstanding. Is 
Beautiful. Our uh, great moment of the week has been dedicated to our Waz, the Warriors. Well done. We are so, so proud of you. And that was brought to you. Enjoy. One bill with Farmside Broadband and Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this spring. Keep those messages coming through and your support or what your takeaways from that performance are. Back soon. It's 6.28 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast Monday morning. We're just getting uh, over the sleep deprivation from Tony Kemp. He's had limited amounts, and it's fair to say he's probably worked harder than most this weekend. So Kempi's in the studio. He's not having a day off. Sammy Hewitt, he's having a sleep in. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, call any time on 11 or give us a text on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Temper and Bed Post range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And Kemper, we spoke about the Heartland Championship yesterday, uh, last week. And well, Buller, they got up. They got up. So ca- Coach Nathan, he'll be probably having a... He's probably continuing on. Mate, it'll be a hell of a trip home. It'll be a hell of a trip home for those boys down there. Um, and talking about that, you know, like, Izzy, I, I know that would, it was all Warriors to, to open the show, but, mate, Ireland, South Africa, mm. like, what a game. Bundy key. is he the best 12 in the world? He'll be close to it, Kempe. And, and it's, it's funny for me to say, really, because he played here for the Chiefs and he was one that got away. He's one that got away, but he's gone over, he's playing for Connacht, and he's obviously representing Ireland. And to put it in perspective, three games, three man-of-the-match performances. That's what I mean. Like, is is he, can we say he's the best 12 in the world? And, and you know, our discussion, mm. who's our number 12? Mm. You know, and, and he ain't one that got away. He got away. <laughs> say it, he got away. Well, he had Ryan Crotty, he had Sonny Bill Williams. He just had an absolute stacked midfield with Ma'a Nonu as well. So he's gone over there and... I, it's a fair shout. Were you surprised? Fair that, shout. Were you surprised that seven-one um, bench split that they have the South Africans at Ireland actually got all, got through them so physically? I, I was, but then I watched that performance and Ireland were just mongrels. Mm. They were just in anything, mate. There was a moment in that second half when they picked up Mustard, the big lock, and like he's a big boy, and usually they do that snake and they get players latching and yep. going through and they power through any. Any opposition, but that game, Ireland were just in the fight. And, and man, I was surprised a little bit that they weren't able to physically dominate Ireland. But yeah. Ireland are number one for a reason. One v the the former world champs. Like it's and it, it actually, what I love about this that performance can be it set up this World Cup. Yeah, this is what the World Cup needed a performance like thirteen eight, a real test match. And for and for us here in New Zealand, mm. it also has clarified for us who we're playing. Do you think we can we can go out in the quarterfinals after that performance oh, and get a win? Look, Kempi, I know that you're going to look at me for your smug little smile <laughs> and say, what are you thinking? But I'm actually a little bit more confident when we're playing Ireland in the quarters. Are you? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Thought, I thought that too. Coming home last night, I thought, I, I think you would, because mm. I was thinking, wonder what Izzy's thinking from the All Blacks' perspective on who he would much rather have played in the quarterfinals. I was thinking the same thing. I think you're probably happier mm. that we're playing Ireland than we are with South Africa. I am. I am. I just think, because, look, obviously they're number one for a reason, but just that little bit of doubt potentially could creep in, knowing they have never gone past the quarters. If they go past the quarters, they can go all the way. Yeah. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, I just got a little bit more confident knowing that we are placing Ireland in the quarters. We've still got a lot of long way to go. Don't get me wrong, they're taking on Italy this weekend. It's great to have them back uh, this weekend when they take on Italy.
And uh, a couple of messages here, Kempe. We'll get to the. I'll read this one out. We'll get your reaction after the six thirty news with Aroha. But the ref from Friday night's game would have love seeing that forward pass. Means he'll probably get to ref the GF this Sunday <laughs> if Sutton does ref the GF. A certain CEO's comment earlier this year is confirmed as true. And I don't know if you saw Jason Barris's tweet, but he said um, something about the Broncos moving forward. <laughs> Just a little subtle dig. So we, so we caught up with a mate on the on the night it said that night at the um, at the uh, pre-match. So. You know, Jason Paris, the first bloke I thought about when that forward pass happened. Um, great bloke, great call, great comments. <laughs> so funny, so funny. Anyway, full comedy sport, uh, community sports fields rest- renovation thanks to PGG Rights and Turf to a value of $20,000. Anywhere in New Zealand, any sports club can enter and win. All you have to do is supply a short story as to why your community sports club deserves this prize and you will be in the draw. Head to win page on SENZ website or app to develop tomorrow's champions. Rebuild your field of dreams with SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Head to win page on the SN site and, and you can enter and we gave that away last year and it was an absolute doozy so we want to do it again thanks PGG Rights and Turf here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand Five minutes past six here on ECNZ. Thank you, Aroha, bringing us the news. Got young Braden here in the studio with me. Made his DJing debut over the weekend, and this uh, this tune was his go-to to kick it off. So uh, well done to you, Braden. The Rick Dog will be happy. Oh, I know. That's what I thought. With, Is no, he a DJ? with no Rick Dog today, I thought, I thought you know, he looked look, tired. We'd, we'd play these jammers, but yeah, gee, for actual Zizo DJ had a yeah. He's had a bigger night than Tony Kemp. What's his name? What's DJ your DJ name? name? Give us a yell out. Saber. Saber. DJ Sabre. Sabre. Like the lightsaber from Star Wars. <laughs> DJ Sabre. Because yeah. he's lethal. You know, it's like the dagger. It's the sabre. Oh, man. It's the sabre. The sabre-toothed the tiger. Your, your, new, the sabre your new DJ nickname <laughs> is the Dark Destroyer. <laughs> but no, look, our boys, given no Rick Dog, he's uh, on a very well-deserved two-week holiday. Uh, you do have me. Kia's still in your headlines for the next few voice. weeks. Uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Thank you, Dagger. Face for radio. Uh, voice for the deaf, my father used to tell me. <laughs> uh, boys, look, going on. Rugby World Cup action uh, live as we speak. Two minutes to go in the Scotland-Tonga game. Yeah. Scotland do lead 38-17. A uh, bit of promise shown there from Tonga to, to have a little bit of a fight back. But uh, Scotland just taking the reins and uh, able to guide this one home, it looks like. Uh, don't forget Rugby World Cup live action after this. It is... Pretty much a must-win now, Dagger, isn't it, for the Wallabies uh, going up against Wales? Must. And catch. Mate, they're going this home. Is every, this is everything, this isn't is it? This every. is going home. Will they be, Izzy, will they be, early prediction, the first team in gold to go home in the group stage? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, think? Well, I think, think Wales, Wales get up? I think Wales get up. And, well, there's, there's this chat out there that Eddie did an interview with Japan Rugby. Before, yes, a, before Zoom, a, Zoom a Zoom meeting. I did see Preparing that. Preparing for his departure. He's going to get a review after this and they're just going to... Well, do you think he came out and said that as sort of like a bit of a regret 
phase, you know. He's just sort of saying, look, I could have been with Japan right now, and I, and I wish I was. No, you, you just never guaranteed anything <laughs> no, you don't. in life, you know, not yeah. even in radio. So you just got to no, prepare for yeah. the future. Take it as it is. Take it as it is. Hey, get up, boys, Wales. Uh, yeah, get up, Wales, definitely. Uh, that's where my money lies. Uh, boys, in the EPL, they're trying to uh, generate a bit more love for the Rugby World Cup. Newcastle versus Sheffield United uh, this morning. Newcastle scored an unconverted try and a penalty. 8-0 Newcastle United won this morning against Sheffield United in the English Premier League. One of the biggest defeats uh, in Premier League history. They're not going too well, are they? The uh, the teams that got the promoted Blades. from last year. The well, Blades, old Sheffield. Yeah, no. I think... I think Burnley too. They're not. They're not travelling too well. No, um, no. But this is this is what EPL is all about, Kimpy. It is. It is relatively even spread. But you're right. We do need to find a better way to get these teams who have just been promoted into the Premier League a bit more stability uh, coming in because it's a complete different world. It's. It's. There's no comparison. Like from a rugby sense, if you bring uh, Fiji up into Tier One rugby, there's not going to be a hell of a difference, is there? But these teams like Luton Town uh, that are coming to the Premier League. I mean, their stadiums can't even compete with with these. Guys, you know, like if you if you put one over in the away end, it, it ends up in someone's washing for the week, you know. So we've got to sort of figure out where to go from there. Um, but uh, boys, before I do, you haven't brought it up yet. Hurry nah, up! All right, there's a text here from Brett that says, uh, "I'm back sleeping on the couch." Cheers to Silver Ferns. Uh, yes, that is that is correct. The fourth international loss in a row for our Silver Ferns. Uh, do we hit the panic button, boys? Uh, I say yes. You know, What's and uh, wrong, we, we did get it. I, I got a message in the little producer's chat last night saying, Are you going to defend Dame Knowles? Are you going to defend Dame Knowles? Yes, I am, because I don't think it's her fault. But I, I think it comes down to confidence, right? We brought over this, uh, oh, sorry, England brought over this team that, that mm. a lot of people were furious about, uh, so called second team uh, that England have brought. They did uh, end up beating us by one goal last night. But. Boys, I just I don't necessarily understand what's happened since the World Cup. Now, four international losses in a row. Yes, uh, those losses were the, the bronze medal match, the semi-final, and uh, the the first game that we lost there. I think was uh, oh Jesus, slipped my mind now. There's my netball mind gone. But four, four losses in a row is sort of where I'm going, and I can't remember a time where. I've almost been a bit panicked for the Silver Ferns and sort of where we're heading. Um, it's It seems to me, Dagger, so so you don't have to ask me all these questions and I can just get it over and done with in one wha-bam. <laughs> uh, I, I think, look, Grace Wickey being out was a huge loss during mm. the World Cup and I think we got guilty of not adjusting to uh, the, the old sort of style that the Silver Ferns used to play pre-Grace era. Um, but And we, we're very guilty of holding on to the ball a bit too long in the mid-court and, and we just we don't have any fluidity and that does include the shooting circle. If mm. you look at our defensive end, no problems whatsoever for me. You can look at the score and say, yeah, well, if our defence was so good, you know, how come the score was so close? Well, it all comes down to the mid-court and attack and how we sort of flow there. A little quick fix that I have, and this is what I'll leave you with here, boys. Amelia Wormsley, she's 19 years old. She had a stellar debut season with the Pulse this mm. year as a goal shoot. She's the same height as Grace Wickey. Now, she's found herself in a spot where she is currently with the Silver Ferns group. We lost the first Tiny Jamison test to England, a series that we were expected to, to carve mm. up and dominate. We don't really have anything to lose right now. Why don't we give Amelia Wormsley a crack? And just to see if it is the, the stylistic adjustment problem that we have with, with Grace Wickey. So I'm, I'm saying, look... 
take this series with a grain of salt, the Silver Fern series. And and last night's loss was a great lesson for for Dame Knowles and and the team. But any we, learnings? We need to be better. There is a few learnings. Yes, there <laughs> is indeed. We just need to be more fluid. We need to be sure of the passes that we're letting go because we, we're not. And uh, if we don't, we're going to get held held call, which we did a few times last night. But. I think, yes, we're just guilty of holding on to the ball a bit too long and uh, not too confident with our shooters as well. So Silver Ferns did get the loss. That made my Sunday a, a hell of a lot more enjoyable. But uh, boys, we're here. It's Monday. <laughs> oh, no, Dagger. You can take my sarcasm with a grain of salt. Uh, trades and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Let's switch tack. Let's go talk some Ireland, eh, Dagger? <laughs> I love it, mate. Thank you so much for the update. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's happening. You know, the media... Just were right into England with the squad they bought over. Maybe they're reading their own media. Maybe Dame's a little bit tired. Look, there's a lot of, lot of conversation to be had. And my sister, Makisha, would have loved that little update from you. Or oh, probably not. I haven't heard from her and she probably hasn't got much to say about that, uh, that result. Anyway, someone that's got a lot to say because Jam, Jam came close. But Bilardo Boy was very good. Have we got Joe Doyle coming up? Joe Doyle, who rode Bilardo Boy to get the result over Ladies Man and Just Ask Me is coming up for Love Racing. 300 metres to go, the favourite took over here, Ladies Man. Shelby Rockin fights hard over on the inside of that. And then we've got Cork coming home, Platinum Invader. Shelby Rockin there as well, Ladies Man out wide and wide out here. Look at this one coming, it's Bilardo Boy coming after Ladies Man, who fights... Bilardo boy, ladies man, just ask me, all right down the outside, GG Honest is a run. Well, find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz and joining us on the line this morning, Joe Doyle. Joe Doyle, what a ride on Bilardo boy, mate, that must have been good coming down the outside. Best part of the track, was it, on the day? Uh, morning, guys. Um, yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, yeah, look, we picked the spot, picked the spot out wide and... Uh, Look, fortunately, it worked out. The horse was very good on the day. Just just take us through that. Bilardo, the sire, obviously from Ireland, yourself uh, riding over here, Joe, and the premiership is um, getting that type of win under your belt. Is it? Is it something that you're looking to sort of create a little bit of history here and take a New Zealand premiership, if, if at all possible? Oh, sure. Look, if, it, if, it, if it's possible, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a go, but... Look, the the kind of goal for the for, for the year really is is just to to be as busy as we can be and, and ride as many get get on as many horses as we can and and you know look hopefully hopefully we have a chance but um but the main goal is just to stay sound and and ride as much as we can and 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 try bang in a few winners and and sitting a few nice horses on the way. Joe, well done on the weekend, mate. Hell of a ride. And Lisa Laddersdale, she's had a stellar season as well. But talk to us about the background racing in, in Ireland. This is the style very similar. Is it different here? How are you finding it? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a bit different. The, the tracks are different in that you know, kind of a lot of your tracks are quite quite flat and. And then, and they tend to the racing here. You tend to be kind of riding horses for speed a lot of the time. Um, even in the staying races, you know they they kind of they can steady it up quite often. And then you're you're riding for speed from from the turn in. Whereas at home, we we would tend to to go a, a stronger gallop throughout, and you know, like make make it a real like staying contest. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that many. It would take a very good horse to quicken up, you know, um, up the last 200 metres or the last 
400 meters at home where whereas here you're kind of always trying to save a little bit and 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 try and ride a horse that does have a bit of a turn of foot you know a bit of speed well it was a hell of a ride on Bilardo boy my boy just asked me just again just waited out of it uh you got us in the winter cup too mate your relationship with Lisa Letter how's that how's that relationship um going Joe and and is there something else in the future that you're looking forward to uh to riding for her um, look, it's sure, sure. Lisa's Lisa's very good at her job, and 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 I'm very glad to be riding the horses for her when it suits. Um, you know, obviously we've got we've got Pinyan waiting to come back. She's trialing tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. And I think she's uh, look looking to get her her season started uh, Saturday week. So you know, she's obviously exciting Group One winner from last year. So. Look, there's, it's 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 a very exciting time of the year. You know, we're all trying to find the the, the good three year olds and and you know, l- looking at them good races for the year. So, you know, I, I'm I'm in a very privileged p- position at the minute, and and I'm very grateful to Lisa and her team. Well, it'd be remiss of me not to bring it up with that accent flying through the SENZ microphone and speakers. What about your team, Ireland, getting up over South Africa, my friend? You've been watching the Rugby World Cup? Yeah, we got up yesterday and we watched it all right now. It was fantastic. I tell you, it was such an exciting match to watch. We, You know, we knew going in it was going to be it was going to be a tough match and South Africa really, really brought it. Like, there was, Jesus, there was some massive hits uh, throughout the match, but um, not delighted, delighted for the boys. The atmosphere looked amazing. If if I was at home, I probably would have jumped on the plane to Paris because it just it looked unbelievable. Well, I'm sure you would have been in that corporate box with one and only Shane Lowry and Rory McIlroy and Joe Doyle, mate, after that performance on the weekend. Hey, just quickly, you know what that means? All Blacks Island quarterfinal. I know, yeah. It, it looked, it'd be. It'll be a massive game, um, you know. But that's the thing when you when you when you reach that level and you know in them World Cups, that's what you want to see. You want to see great teams going against each other. And uh, look, um, obviously I'll be shouting Ireland, but uh, it'll be you know it'll be a fair match, and uh, I'm sure the boys are are excited to 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 give it a give it a bash hey, you got a genuine chance mate well done and well done in your performance on Bellato boy thanks so much Joe Doyle you have a great day mate cheers guys take it easy thank you there you go love racing update grab your mates and get on course visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you we got Warriors plenty of it coming up welcome back coming up to 7 o'clock after 7 o'clock we got uh, Monty Beetham we're going to be talking more of the Waz but Dave from Caraca has come through in regards to my island conversation they're potentially going to be taking on the All Blacks in the quarterfinal hi boys yes is. I agree with you much happier to face the Irish in the quarterfinals. Bring it on. Go the ABs. That is from Dave in Caraca. And here's one from Carlton. It's a shame New Zealand rugby didn't see Nani Laumapia hit his full potential. Him and Bundy Aki would have been fantastic to see him from Carlton. Yeah, totally agree, but they just would have had limited amount of opportunities, particularly with the, the midfielding ranks we had here and, and the combinations. It would have been tough, so it would have been hard to allow them to stay on. But Potentially a lot of what ifs thrown in through. And Kempi, we'll talk to Monty Beetham about this one. 
Kempi, the domination of the offloads did it for me. Mm. Brisbane made us change our game, and I think their constant offloads did a number. And that is from John, and we'll get your reaction after 7 o'clock. Remember, we've only got half an hour of our show left, and me and Kempi are looking at each other and going, wow, that just flew by. Because coming up, we've got Wales taking on Australia. Is this Eddie Jones, last swang shong? Apparently he's doing a lot of talking over in Japan. Well, Sumo and Steve Devine will bring you that game, all the coverage live here on SCNZ. So a big day of sport left and a big half an hour for you to stay tuned. We've got Monty Bethlehem. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together, shaping and building New Zealand. History calling a halt to proceedings, and I think this is a card for a red card for Hannah Wilkinson. Game over! Ireland hold on! Ireland beats South Africa in a tight, titanic clash of rugby titans at Stade de France. Reese Walsh on this right hand end. Reese Walsh gets away. Martin, that's Ford. That's got to be Ford. That's a mile Ford. Gerard Sutton, what are you doing? Yes, welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ just after 7 o'clock. The worst decision in NRL history, Kempi. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, and I was sitting next to Sammy Unbelievable. Shaw, and right next to right next to me was uh, Macca McCulloch, who played hooker and uh, for Brisbane Broncos, St. George, Newcastle Knights. And next to him was Scotty Sattler, <laughs> who I played with at the Crushers. And they were just, Sammy was going off in the box, and they couldn't believe it, mate, because they're, you know, Aussie commentators, they don't hop out of their seat. <laughs> they haven't seen Sammy Hewitt going off, mate, at a referee. And I was sort of like looking at both sides of the of the coin here, looking over at Sats laughing. And I looked up at Sammy yeah, and I was I like, say, you, you are so temper. passionate. You, you, you held it in, didn't you? I was waiting for you to tee up. Oh, look, mad Monday for the, for the referee. <laughs> Seriously, like if I was his boss, he got the sack. He's seri- he, he he actually got it because Ashley Klein got got mm. booted the week before, and to come up with that howler, um, yeah, he's lucky there's not another round for uh, him this week. He he just wouldn't get the game, mate. That was one of the worst refereeing decisions and touch judge decisions and bunker decisions I've ever seen. One of the worst decisions I've ever seen on a cricket pitch. That was the late Richie Beno. But anyway, we'll hear from Monty Beethan in a minute. It's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. And we're finally joined by the one and only Monty Beethan to get his thoughts on that performance on the weekend. Monty, good morning to you. Good morning, brothers. How are you? Yeah, we're good, mate. We're just... uh, Getting through the the next hour and a half, just talking mainly about the Waz. We've got the highlights of the replay on the show, and it's 24-8, 12 minutes left in that performance, mate. What did you make of it? Oh, look, it, it, was, it was hard to watch, especially mm. when uh, you know, the boys were um, you know, four tries to three during half time. Uh, you, you think if you could uh, get a few of those kicks, although they were very hard kicks mm. from the sideline, you could have had some scoreboard pressure. And with scoreboard pressure, you, you just... You know, it just makes it a little bit harder for the opposition. Um, but when you come out in the 
in the second half and you know you've got to be next to score and, and the opposition score like that. And I know Webby's talking about a line break that uh, they let through, but just two poor decisions, man, with all the referees, with all the technology, uh, and, and they come up with that in what is meant to be the most important game in the Warriors' um, uh, you know, career or recent history uh, to date. It's just appalling, appalling man. Yeah. Yeah, Mots, just want to ask you about the hooker position. You played a lot in there, and I was watching Walter's success on the weekend. How was he able to get so much success and free reign around that ruck area? Yeah, I think um, the try he scored was a soft try. They should have done that, and I think they'll be the first to um, realise that situation. Jackson Ford um, normally defends on the left edge, uh, but in being tight, he's normally a pretty good defender as well, but the threat is the ball. Um, that was a soft try that Walter's got in underneath him, and he's normally a very good defender, Jackson Ford, but I think he's probably uh, thinking about the threat out wide, uh, which is realising on that shape out there, they've got the speed. Um, of Reese Walsh, uh, but you know, as we know, the ball is a threat, and that's the first uh, mm. uh, point of call that you've got to work on. And um, he did it in that instant, man. But you know, it's a fast game, it's a tough game, and it's a very good side. And um, although the boys would be very disappointed, yeah, um, he, you know, they'll be reflecting on that. Yeah, Monts, thanks for joining us this morning. He he pulled down Jackson Ford's pants at the at the marker for that first try, and it's it's a hell of a lot easier when you're hooking. You got the likes of Carrigan and Haas, Fleg. Fledger just going through um, the Warriors with the, with the amount of offloads. And talk about the offloads, but talk about what it does to the defensive line. Because people say, well, yeah, there were too many offloads. But when you get those offloads, the defensive line, if it's going backwards, you're trying to adjust, aren't you? And how did you see that when you when you were watching the game, calling the game eventuate? Yeah, well, that's the thing with offloads. I think uh, the Knights did against us in the second half uh, last week as well, and then we started um, finding it very difficult. And I think when you're thinking about the good structural teams, the teams defensively that are sound like uh, the Paris Panthers, their second phase is what actually uh, can change up the defensive line because you're going uh, back, you're retreating, you're, you're having... Uh, you're thinking the onus is on the tackler to make sure that they lock up the ball. That's the first and foremost after making contact. Uh, and when the offloads come, especially late in the piece, when you have uh, gone all the way back and the line is disconnected, it makes it really awkward to just go back up again. Uh, but also, it, it, it does drain you. It does drain you physically mm. and also mentally as well. So it's a it's a tough one. Uh, but you know, when uh, they're on song, that middle uh, third of the Broncos and they're offloading it will. Um, they were just really hard to beat. You know, I was really excited about that middle um, challenge. You know, we've got our men as well, Tohu and Barnett and Anifanua Blake, but, you know, when you've got Carrigan and Flegler and also Payne Haas, man, mm. they just showed you what quality <laughs> they have. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an absolute cracker this weekend, uh, especially up against Fisher, Harris and Leota. Monty, you played in a couple of pre, uh, preliminary finals. Like, I was just saying to Izzy, like, the hardest game to win is probably that one, um, to get to get to the the GF. Like, what is it what is it like, mate, when you when you're playing in that game, knowing that you're just one gut one one game away and the amount of pressure that if you're not getting the scoreboard pressure, if you're not getting the sh- the fair share of position, the calls from the referee, um, what actually happens to you while you're out there? Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people can't help but realise that um, the game next week is the most important game. Mm. Um, yet it's the hardest game to get to. And everyone thinks about that going into it. They realise they've got to win this game and be in the moment. Uh, but you are tired trying to get into that actual game. And if you can't be in the contest and not get your fair share of possession, um, it, it makes it very, very difficult. Um, and... And that's how hard it is, you know. I, I don't think the Broncos have moved out of um, Brisbane and played many of their games on the road this year. I think they only played three games in Sydney uh, the whole year. Don't forget, I think, maybe two of those and one uh, in Napier. Um, so playing at home, um, although there was a really good uh, 
a Warriors crowd in the in in the um, in the audience was, was was fantastic. But it is a tough one. Um, but that's the thing, you know, to to win that game, it's 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 not easy. But then you get to the final, then it all starts again, and that's when you know moments of uh, if you haven't been there before, um, unlike uh, the Penrith Panthers, who the fourth year straight, which is just phenomenal. Uh, are they the are they the Blues of of the Super Rugby in terms of the Broncos? They get favoured in terms of uh, the backroom. <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 I'm just having a little dig at the very, Blues. Very Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, but look, look, I tell you what, it's um, you know, Penrith Panthers. Uh, look, they get all the fifty fifty calls for a reason. When you're mm. there the fourth year in a row, and when you play so well, and you know, like when you're so good defensively, and you don't get things wrong. Um, you know, it's it's one of those sides where you, you overlook sometimes what they do, even the simple simple things. But you know, just going back on that forward pass, and you know, when it make, annoys me when Wade Egan, mm. Wade Egan gets done for a forward yeah. pass that was line ball, and then you get two forward passes in a row, and you're thinking about momentum in a game. It just it just makes it even more difficult. Although the boys uh, themselves got a lot of things that they should have done right uh, to, to to remedy the result. That's for sure. Mods just. The year that the Warriors have had, you know, like coming back from COVID, everyone would have been quite comfortable, I think, with the start of the season. If you said, oh, if they make the eight, well, we think that's a pretty good season for them. But to make the four and just to see the momentum build around the country, and I guess offshore too, because out of those 52,000 people that were there with us on Saturday night, quite a few, as you know, in Brisbane, we were in Warriors jersey. What What's that ride been like? Um, watching and you being an ambassador, watching the Warriors grow through the year. Oh, it's been amazing uh, from day one. Um, you know when they set the line in the sand and they realised that they were home and they had to um, uh, recapture the identity of the club and they had to know what was important. They had to train hard. Uh, they had to enjoy each other's company under a new coach too, under under a new voice. Although they had been here a few years previously as an assistant coach, um, it was really good to watch. You know, even watching the journeys of Tane Tuatiki, who came on a training trial contract. Mm. Who just you know just took every opportunity. Um, and our cup team who just fell out last week um, in, in the semi-final, the major semi as well. So it, it, um, it's been a great year. Um, but like you mentioned, you know that even though there's been comparisons to previous years and the way the team has played, you can't compare uh, the crowd and then the global phenomenon that mm. is uh, up the wires. <laughs> it is just absolutely crazy, man. You know, it's part of everyone's terminology. Uh, vernacular and it's, um, it's something that I really enjoy Kimpy but um, that goes off the back of what the boys have done uh, they mm. enjoy being home they've worked very hard uh, and you know they've, they've, they've trusted in the coach who in one year has changed the you know the, the worst defensive team into the third best defensive team coming into the final series um, you know there's a lot of work done behind the closed doors uh, and some good players coming next year so um, you know this is a very very good start and not to forget that we've got a 17's uh, under 17s team and under 21s team coming next year as well. So, all those boys will be buoyed with the efforts. And you know, when you think about 2002, 2011, uh, and uh, and all the younger teams underneath them, this is really helping build uh, the building blocks for the future. The foundations have been laid, Monts, and uh, you know, with Webster, there's a lot of cohesion. There's an identity that has been forged from yourself, but it's been relived this year. What's the most important aspect or thing going into this preseason that you want to see? Is it a signing? How do we continue this momentum? Oh, look, they've already been speaking about it from what I've been hearing. Um, Sean Johnson got up and spoke about their opportunity, where they are, what they've done, and um, um, how grateful they are to have someone at the home of um, you know Andrew Webster and the coaching staff in and around him. Um, the club's in a good space at the moment, mm. but they're not going to rest on their laurels from what I'm hearing. And 
I think the players understand what a really good preseason does, and that's what they did this year. They've been as fit as they've ever been yeah. uh, in the last few years. And um, you know, when you talk about resilience, uh, you can have the want to be resilient, or or you can or, or want, but you you can't get that if you don't have the petrol in the tank. Mm. Um, and that comes down to what you're doing in the game, but it also comes down to your fitness yeah, uh, and, and what you've done after the, in a preseason. Yeah, and you're dead right, and hopefully the off-season is really good for the Monson. It's been a fantastic year uh, for the Warriors, but this weekend, I think we get the grand final that everyone thought would happen, Brisbane up against Penrith, and I listened to you talking about Brisbane getting all that advantage, playing Friday nights, playing majority of their games up there um, in in Queensland. They have to travel to Sydney, and you watch Penrith in the way that over the last four years, I've just dismantled the competition. Do you think Brisbane have an opportunity to win this uh, competition this week? Well, I think they're the best ones for it in mm-hmm. terms of the extract across the pitch and, and ability to score points. Uh, you know, I think you're probably getting the best attacking team versus the best defensive team in the competition. Um, and, and if they're on, uh, which they're going to have to be for long periods of time, I, I, I think they can beat the Panthers. Uh, but in saying that, you know, when the Warriors got down that end, uh, they could score points uh, with ease. Um, they're not going to, um, you know, uh, that means Panthers can do that as well. And Panthers, you know, being the fourth year in the grand final, these mm-hmm. guys' experience is just like another game. It's in Sydney once again. It's a lot of familiar um, things that they're, they're used to being around. But it's also that the way they, they just play. There's no pressure on them. Um, that I, I don't know. It's just the... Uh, the way that they play and just enjoying each other's company and just, you know, enjoying the process and everything else. And you mentioned Liotta and Fisher-Harris. I mean, the two best in the competition in terms of <laughs> alpha uh, props that just go after the game, mate. And, um, you know, that mean, means this weekend's going to be a mouthwatering clash as well. Um, you know, I thought last weekend was good in terms of the middle third, but, um, you know, Yayo and Liotta and Fisher-Harris versus, uh, you know, Flegler and uh, Carrigan and also Payne Haas. I mean, that's mouthwatering, man. Then you put in the outside backs and everything in there as well. And don't forget, Toto and uh, Critter are leaving at the end of the year as well. I mean, not Toto, Critter is leaving. Um, so uh, these are these are the things that you want to make special and uh, the little bit of extra um, motivation, if you want, not that they need it uh, when you're in a grand final. It's hard to really believe that they lost, lost up in Cordesel. Imagine if they had him as well, mate. How good would they and be? Kikau. Yeah, Kikau. Wow. Just absolutely. They've got a convey about it. I don't know there. how they're under the salary cap, Mons. Come on. Uh, well, well, they've lost a lot of big names, man. But the thing is, when you've got a nursery of juniors like they do, and mm. they just keep coming through. I mean, a lot of these guys played together through the, the younger grades. Uh, you know, you look at Luai and Kerry, been playing together for a number of years. Uh, and, and that's where the Warriors need to get to. They need to have that strong junior base. They want to come and play for the club first before money and, 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 and want to be that first team to win the premiership, which is what I'm uh, seeing with this squad, this current squad and the other young guys coming through as well. And we're not we're talking about, you know, the likes of uh, Ali Leotau and Jacob mm. uh, Laban and other young guys coming through. Uh, Dimitri Sifakula, there's some very good young boys coming through. Oh, just last question for you, Monts. Um, talking to a lot of new fans, old fans in regards to the NRL, and one of these comments came through, and someone said, I've never seen anyone like it in terms of Reese Walsh. Is he the best player in the NRL at the moment? I don't think he's the best player at the moment, but I tell you what, he's an absolute freak. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of parts to his game um, that people um, don't see in mm. terms of um, him being. 
uh, like the absolute best players out there can uh, be selfless in terms of what they do for their for their team. Uh, they they fight for everything for their team in yardage and defence. They have um, effort on effort. Uh, I don't believe he has got that at the moment, although he's 21 years of age. But what he does have is this freakish ability just to do things that no one else can do with his speed, with his skill set uh, and his ability. But, you know, he's 21 years of age, man. I'm sure in time... Uh, things can change. Uh, you know, I think I, even Kalen Ponga, I, I think, has probably had a, a better uh, year uh, in terms of being mm. that all-round fullback that you would uh, choose. And like, if we were choosing between uh, Charles Nicol Crookster and uh, also um, uh, and Reese Walsh, I, I, I'll choose Charles at the moment for the bare fact that he's a real team man. What a work rate, eh? Uh, yeah, what a work rate. Right? And then in and around the place, the energy he brings and how he, he demands excellence of everyone else. Um, that's the guy that you trust and love and rely on. But if you get a couple of guys like that in your team with uh, the ability of uh, Reese Walsh and then the, the heart of a chance, you know, you just become a wonderful side, which the Brisbane side is. Yep, they've all had defining um, years this year, the Warriors boys. Monty, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Just quickly before I let you go, uh, Dally M Wednesday night, does Sean Johnson get it? Oh, he has to. He absolutely has to. He's been the best player in the competition, uh, especially in the halves. You know, he's bossed this team around, and the Warriors are where they are because uh, largely behind um, you know, the tip of the spear, which is Sean Johnson. Thanks a lot, Monts. Go Cheers, well, Monty. mate, this morning. Enjoy uh, the grand final this weekend. We look forward to tuning in uh, with you on Sky TV this Sunday night. Uh, Penrith against Brisbane, mouth-watering. Um, talk to you soon again, brother. Thanks, brothers. Awesome. There you go. Monty Beetham talking the Warriors. I know many of you out there will be proud as punch of this team and hopefully next year we can go one better. You're listening to Ozzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Keeping you healthy this spring.